Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. I am haunted by my past. Well, not me. <laughs> well, me too, but <laughs> we are haunted by our past. Genesis 37 is where we start our conversation this morning. If you can find Genesis chapter 37, that would be great. I'll do 3 to 5, and then I'll jump on to 23 to 24. I read, so the Bible says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Verse 23. The Bible says, So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped him of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him, cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Amen. Amen. From my very, very long experience pastoring, all of three years, all right, not long at all, I realize that when I speak to people or when I have to talk to people, counseling or whatever, you can almost always, I'll say 95% of the time, find that the root cause of the issues that people have is either because they are, or the things they want to talk about, either because they're haunted by their past, it's either because they are worried about their future, or they're confused in their present state. It's one of three things most times. It's either something that has its roots in the past, um, they're worried about their future, or in some cases, just confused about their present state. But you have to understand that your past, present, and future, the sum total of that makes up your life, right? That is life right there. Your past, <laughs> your present, plus your future equals to life. Equals to life. So you must become very skilled, right, at managing the past. Because you can't change the past, you can't influence it. All you can do is manage it. All right, managing the past, you must become skilled at mastering your present situation and at manipulating the possibilities of your future so you can have the life that you hope for. So your past, and today we're talking about the past. Last week we talked about the future. And we said what last week that for those of you who are worried about your future, there's really no need to be worried about your future. We talked about that last week, all right, and some things you need to do. But let me just jump into today's content, right? Your past is extremely powerful. And that's why we need to talk about this, because your past has the potential, has <laughs> the potential to influence your future. As a matter of fact, your past will, without doubt, influence your future. All right, so that tells me that you need to address the issues of your past, whether good or bad, by the way. So I'm not just talking about bad. If you have a good history, it would affect how your future plays out. If you have a traumatic history, it would affect how your future plays out. So your past is extremely powerful because it has the ability to shape your future. All right? It has the ability to shape your future. So let's think about it in three different ways. 
when people are haunted by their past it's for three reasons most times it's number one because of what people did to you okay so some of us we were abused physically physically <laughs> some of us were abused emotionally some of us abused sexually or even in some cases spiritually god help those that were abused spiritually because if you're abused spiritually i wonder where you run to but people were abused people did things to you people who were meant to look out for you hurt you people who were meant to care for you did the opposite of caring for you all right abuse neglect um <laughs> someone broke your heart someone did something to you you were bullied all right did something to you so things that someone else did to you is one big bucket by itself the second big bucket are things that you did all right and that brings about regret most times brings about shame in some cases some cases brings about condemnation all right and guilt things that you did things that you did mistakes that you made along the way haunt you sometimes you think back and you say i shouldn't have done that or i wish i never did that the mistakes that you made along the way you had an abortion and you're haunted by that the things that you did the things that you did and the third bucket are things that just happened to you so someone didn't do it to you but it happened to you so loss trauma for example you you know tragedy right you lost a parent you lost someone who was there to you at a very young age those things have an impact on us all right trauma trauma the things that just happen to you life happens you know and all these things all right the things that you did the things that people did to you the mistakes that you made and things that just happened to you have a way of affecting your life i remember some few years ago um i had i had a sports injury um must have been six years ago now playing soccer and we somehow for some reason it wasn't actually a full game so i didn't stretch as i ought to and i went to play across and i just had a pop sign you know sound and i hurt myself doctor said i had an avulsion fracture whatever that is and believe it or not that little episode traumatized me such that even when i watch sports today when i watch basketball and someone falls i'm just like thinking the worst oh is he dead like is his neck broken in three places you know I can't watch soccer the same way because every time someone goes to do exactly what I tried to do, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, he didn't die. You know, I was really traumatized by that. So things that happen to us in our past can affect our future. The past has a way of shaping you and affecting your future. Um, Rick Warren, who's the pastor of Saddleback Church, um, author of the book Purpose Driven Life, said that we are products of our past. All of us are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. Okay. We do not have to be prisoners of our past. There's nothing you can do to change the past, but you can do something to free yourself from the effects of the past. That's extremely important. You cannot successfully move forward if you don't deal with the past. And what a lot of people do, I realize, is that they sweep it under the carpet. They pretend like it never happened. Pretend like they never had that experience. Pretend like they were never hurt, you know? Put on a bold face, I'm good, I'm fine all by myself. But what you need to understand is that one day it's going to pop up and you're going to wonder where did this come from? You know, you, you just imagine if you talk to certain people at some point in their lives and something that seems pretty normal um, in your interaction with them, they react in a way that is completely abnormal. And you're wondering, where is this coming from? The reason why is because there are issues that are buried in their past. 
how you grew up matters. It, it affects the things that you even think of yourself. It affects the things that you attempt in life. Some people never aspire to anything great because of the things or the traumas of the past. It affects your future. So you cannot successfully move forward if you don't deal with past issues. So don't ignore it. Don't pretend like it is not there. I'm not saying you should go poking around or poking, you know, poking old ones, but you need to address it properly. Now, let me give you an example of a group of people that their past really influenced their future. And this is the children of Israel. So think about the children of Israel. They spent 400 years plus in slavery. They come out of slavery. They come out of Egypt, but really that experience, they never get over it. Never. And that's, you know, when we read the story in the book of Exodus, chapter, you know, the whole of Exodus, Numbers and even Deuteronomy, you, you condemn. How many of you ever judged the children of Israel when you read the Bible? Come on, guys. Can we be honest in this house? Yeah. I judge them all the time. I'm like, can, can you, you just saw the Red Sea part. How can you wonder about where food would come from? You know, I just like, I can't understand them. But the truth is, a lot of things that they did and how they behaved was rooted in their past issues. If you spent 400 years, that's like at least three generations in slavery, you would behave exactly how they did. How were they behaving? Every time, they always thought the worst. Why? That was rooted in their past. They never thought the best. It was always the worst is going to happen in every scenario. And that informed their actions. They always thought that they would be taken as slaves again. It was trauma. They'd been slaves before, and anytime they ran into trouble, the worst-case scenario would pop up. You have to ask yourself, why do I always think the worst? For some of us, that's what we do. I talked about this last week, about people who just make up things in their head to worry about. You remember those people? Yeah. Why do we do that? Children of Israel could not believe God no matter what they saw. Can you imagine? God brought them out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea, gave them food for 40 years. Every day for 40 years, God fed them. Yet they could not believe God. Why? Their past, it was in their heads. It had entered their heart. A big problem. They could not obey God. God said to them at one, one instance that, that stands out. The Bible says that God provided them food every day. So morning, God would tell them, go out, take your daily supply, but take only enough for one day. That's what God said to them. Take enough for just one day. Because guess what? Tomorrow, I'm faithful. I would bring a fresh supply. Now, because they'd been slaves, clearly they were like, yeah, right. I'll take only for one day. And they went and they packed more than they needed. They couldn't obey God. Why? They had a slavery, slavery mentality. It had affected their minds. Their past haunted them majorly. They couldn't trust God. They couldn't trust that God would be faithful. They couldn't trust that God will keep his promises. They couldn't trust that God actually cared about them because no one ever cared about them. They couldn't. It was all rooted in their past. They were afraid of God. There was a, there was a point, the Bible says, God said, call all the children of Israel. I'm going to meet with them. And they told Moses, no, we are scared of this God. You go meet with God and you come and talk to us. Rooted in the past. They had a mentality of slave masters, Right? And some of us also, even how we approach God is a result of the relationships we have with our earthly fathers. We think that when we do good things, then God loves us. And when we do bad things, then God hates us. And so when you've sinned against God, you don't pray or you don't show up in church. But God is that father that you run to when you've done the bad things. All right? The past has a way of haunting you. They were afraid of God, easily spooked, fearful of everything, despite, listen, 
how can you possibly understand that they walked in the wilderness and they could physically see a cloud of God's cloud of his presence. The Bible says a pillar of cloud by night, no, by day, and a pillar of fire by night. They could see it, yet they would run into a problem and they would start to panic. They could see it. There was just something that was in them that couldn't help them, you know, overcome. And ultimately, though, the worst case scenario, you see that in Numbers 13. Now, think about this. When God was going to take them out of Egypt, God made three promises, broad promises. There were others to them. The first one was that I'll take you out of Egypt. The second promise is that I'll take you into your promised land. And the third promise was that the land is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a good land. It's an amazing land. It's fantastic. Now, the first promise God kept, he took them out of Egypt by a strong hand, by the way, because Pharaoh said the people would not go. They saw plague after plague, 10 plagues, and God brought them out. God was faithful. The second promise, which was that the land is a good land, Moses had sent 12 spies into the land to spy the land, Numbers chapter 13. And when they came back to Moses in Numbers 13 and verse 27, they agreed. They said to Moses, the land indeed is a good land, and it flows with milk and honey. So, promise number one, check. Promise number two, check. But the third promise, which was that God would bring them into the land, they still could not believe that. And they said, we're not able to take the land. How do you see God be so faithful, and yet you cannot trust him for the other parts? How do you see God make you five promises, and four out of five he has kept, but you cannot trust him for the last one. It made no sense. I mean, if you look at, if you read the book of Exodus on, you know, on the face of it and use your intellectual interpretation, you're going to say these guys were, something was very wrong with them. But what was wrong with them was their past. 400 years of slavery, a big problem. And guess what? Because they did not deal with their past, they never entered the promised land. The only ones that would enter the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb, were the people that were born in the wilderness. So, better to be born in the wilderness than obviously to be born in slavery. That's the message there. And that's why God would choose Moses to lead them, because Moses never was a slave. For the first 40 years of his life, he grew up in the palace. The next 40 years, he was a fugitive. So, <laughs> better a fugitive than a slave. If he was one of them, they had no chance from day one. Your past has a way of influencing you. It affects your future, affects the possibilities of your future. And it's really tragic because if you don't deal with that, you get to 60, 75, 80. Thank God this is a church of mostly young people. We are usually, we are all young men, all of us, including me and my three gray hairs. Anyway, <laughs> but if you don't deal with your past, you get to 80 and you're wondering, where did my life go? Because it's going to come back over and over again. You can't sweep it under the carpet, it's going to show up again. It's going to show up again. So for the children of Israel, it was something that was done to them. Remember the three buckets? Someone does something to you, you do something, or the third bucket is something happens to you. Something was done to them, you know, injustice. They were made slaves and held captive by a very wicked king, and because of that, they never really recovered. And you find that Interestingly, in children of Israel, in their situation, just imagine this, when they run into challenges, they would say, it's better for us to go back to Egypt. 
And I know we think that doesn't make sense, but for most of us, we have the same patterns. When we make decisions in life, we make decisions that take us back to our past. You have a, 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 you have a, there's a recurring cycle. You were abused, and the guys you date now are abusive. Oh, sorry, was that too much? <laughs> Did I hit, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, but it's true. That's, that's the default. It's, it's, let me go back to the pain I know. At least it's better than the one that I don't know about. It affects your future. It affects your future. But when you compare them with Joseph, whom we read about in Genesis 37, Joseph also had something done to him by people that he loved and trusted. Joseph was hated by his brothers, people who were supposed to look after him because he was the second to the last. His older brothers hated his gods. And not only did they hate him, they actually acted out their hatred by selling him into slavery. He was betrayed by people that he cared for and were supposed to look out for him. He was betrayed by people that he was looking out for because when he would go to them, he was to bring them food. They would take him in that moment and throw him into a pit. He was betrayed. He was, um, he was sold. And one thing about Joseph that you have to understand is that when you read the story of Joseph, if you really read the story of Joseph and read it with a keen eye and a keen heart, you understand that Joseph was one person that never let his past affect his future. And that's why he would fulfill his destiny. And the children of Israel would not because he will never let his past affect his future. And, and it's easier said than done, but he lived it. And because he lived it, it means that we can do it too. They sold him. The Bible says they took his coat of many colors off of him. We all learned about that in Sunday school when we were growing up. Joseph had a coat of many colors. And they threw him into a pit and they sold him. Actually, they planned to kill him. That was their first plan, but God did not let them kill him. Sold him into slavery. And just imagine Joseph in the house of Potiphar. Every day having to remember that I was sold here by my own siblings. That I was sold here by people who were supposed to look out for me. But I understand from, when you, from the study of Joseph's life that he never dwelt on the past because if he did, he would never have stood out in the house of Potiphar. I mean, come on, can we be real here? How many of you have been in situations where you know you're not giving your best because you don't like the circumstances that brought you there? Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. You apply for a job. The job you really want, they don't give you. Then you now apply for the one that you really don't want. You get that job. And every day you go there, when you're um, in the Uber, it's like you're just praying, oh, God, can this office just catch fire? <laughs> like, I can't stand these people. You give your bare minimum because of the road that brought you there. Some of us, you left your home country, showed up in a country like Canada, and maybe the f <laughs> you're still traumatized by the experiences of your past. You're like... Um, Things didn't work out for me there. How do I know things will work out for me here? You carry baggage along with you. And Joseph got to the house of Potiphar, but you can tell that he didn't carry the baggage with him because of the way he served. The Bible says he stood out. He was outstanding. Now, you would not be outstanding if you're carrying baggage with you. You're going to spend every day dwelling on what they did to you or what they did not do to you and why they took your coat and why they didn't take your coat. He did not. And so because he was outstanding, he excelled. And the Bible says, guess what happens to him? Something else is done to him again. His master's wife lies against him and says, to, says that he tried to sleep with her. 
Um, speaking of sleeping, no, I'll come to that later. Hold <laughs> God help me. And so he's thrown into prison. And this time, she takes his coat again. Yeah, he leaves it with her because she grabs him. She tries to rape him. Black lives matter. And he leaves his coat and he runs away for dear life. He li she lies against him and he ends up in prison. Now, he, he shows up in prison again and you can tell that he's forgotten the past because of how he serves in prison. He's going around asking people, how are you today? You're not very happy. What's going on? Tell me your problems. Now, that's not a guy that is holding a grudge from the past. And the Bible says he excels there and they make him head of the prison again. Okay? Now, between the prison, though, and the next step, something happens because he's now called by Pharaoh to the palace. And the Bible says that when he's called by Pharaoh to show up in the palace, he does something else. He changes his garments again. Joseph was extremely skilled at leaving the past behind him. I have a feeling, I have a feeling, the Bible doesn't say this, this is my interpretation, that if Joseph was left with his coat of many colors, when he got to Potiphar's house, he would have just spent all day just doing like this. Oh, God. Oh, I remember where I, used to, where I came from. I remember who I used to be, the special child. Now I'm a servant. I can't believe this. This, this is not right. The injustice that was done to me. So therefore, for most of us, the problem is that we have carried every single coat of hurt with us along the way. We have five coats now. And so this is the coat of when my dad did not love me enough. This one right here. The next one is when my mom agreed with him for not loving me enough. So you have two beefs right there. And you carry the third one and the fourth. And every single hurt that you've been through, you carry the coat with you. But Joseph was very good at leaving his coat behind. Because something about your garments, symbolically and spiritually, when you read the Bible, the garment is almost represents your life, your mantle, who you are, your person, right? If you carry that with you into the next season of your life, you will be stuck there. You will be trying to go forward looking back. And you're going to build a shrine around events that happened to you, around things that happened to you that you should have left in the past. So Joseph was a guy who would leave the coat and start afresh, Okay. He will leave the coat and start afresh. So my challenge to you today is you need to drop the coat behind. Start afresh. Start afresh. Don't carry a shrine of your hurts around with you, of your baggage around with you. Joseph was able to, he, he became everything that God wanted him to become. The reason why was because he had this skill set that's very rare of living the past in the past. And thinking about the future. And so he would show up before Pharaoh. And when he shows up before Pharaoh, the Bible says that Pharaoh gives him another coat. So four times his coat is changed. And that's the coat of destiny. But he would never have had that coat. Imagine that he showed up before Pharaoh with his coat of many colors. And he's telling Pharaoh, look, this is a very special coat to me. My dad bought it um, you know, for me on Oxford Street at the designer store. I'm gonna, I need this coat. And Pharaoh's like, look, you can't go where you're trying to go with the coat you had yesterday. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. He became everything that God would have him become. And the things that Joseph did that stood out are this. Number one, you understand about Joseph that he saw the good in everything as tough as it was. So let me show you. All right. Genesis chapter number 45. This is when his brothers now discover that, you know, this is Joseph now, the prime minister. And he says to them, please come near to me. 45 from verse 4 to 8. 
they came there and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now he's talking to his brothers, the people who heard him. He says, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. He's encouraging them because you sold me here. Now he says the good. He says, because God sent me before you to preserve life. How many of us would ever say that about people that hurt us? We'll probably be like, God must punish them and punish them very well for all that they did to me. But he saw the good in everything, as tough as it must have been. He says, God sent me before you to preserve life. He says, for these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years of famine to come. But God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. So he saw the good. Number two, he saw God's agenda in everything. No matter how bad it is. And I've talked about this before. And I think I spoke about this the earlier parts of the year. That one of the best things about God is that even when the enemy throws the worst punches at you, God has a way of taking those punches and using it for good. Only if you would let him though. If you're saying, well, I'm just waiting to see what God is going to do with this one. Well, it would never happen. But if you let him, if you indeed just say, God, I trust you. I know that this was not an ideal situation, but I trust you. I trust you that you can take the worst case and make it good. God will do that. Joseph saw the good in everything, no matter how bad it was. He saw God's agenda in it, and he let it go. But the person who I really am amazed at, who wrote the book on get, letting go of your past, who wrote the book of, on getting past your haunted past, <laughs> get it, was Paul. Because Paul was a murderer. This guy was killing Christians. As a matter of fact, he killed and jailed both Christian men and women. So the rules of engagement in war says that even the mafia, <laughs> even the mafia, they leave women and children alone. Paul was worse than the mafia. He took women and locked them in jail for professing Christ. He was a terrorist. But what happened to Paul is that he had an encounter with Jesus. And I thank God for Paul because if not because of a person like Paul, I don't know if we would have the revelation we have about how to leave your past behind you. If there was one person that should have dealt with guilt, regret, condemnation, shame, it was Paul. It was Paul. So for those of us who've done things, I mean, in Joseph's case, things were done to him. And for some of us, it's that we have done things we're not proud of. We've made mistakes that have held us captive, bondage. You cannot get past the mistakes. You made a promise to the Lord. I will serve you with my whole life when you were like 13. And then you made some mistakes when you were like 17 and 18. And it's held you bound. You can't get over it. When God has been way over it long ago, Paul has some words for us. Because Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9, he says that I am the least of the apostles. Please pay attention. This is Paul, by the way, speaking. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I made mistakes. I persecuted the church of God. Then he says, but. Somebody say, but. Come on now. Can you say, but? He says, but I am what I am by the grace of God. So Paul was a guy who would acknowledge his past that had issues, but very quickly convert that to a reason 
to appreciate God for his grace. So while you are there moping, Paul said, I know I made mistakes. I know I killed. I know I made all these errors. I did it in ignorance. And even if I didn't do it in ignorance, but he says, even though I made those mistakes, I am what I am today by the grace of God. He was able to use his past, bad as it was, as a source of revelation of God's grace. So for some of us, this is how it looks. I know I made those mistakes in the past. I know that I did things I shouldn't have done in the past. But God, I'm grateful that your grace found me. And you still love me. And I'm still here today. Does that make sense? I'm, 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 I'm sorry I made mistakes in the past. But guess what? That mistake that I made and the fact that I'm still standing today is a revelation of God's mercy. It's a revelation of God's grace. Sometimes it's a revelation of God's faithfulness. Everybody has made mistakes. There are degrees of mistakes, no doubt about that. But it's the faithfulness of God that overlooks your mistakes and keeps you where you're standing today. And the Lord said to tell you this, that when the enemy brings your past to your remembrance, when he tries to remind you of your past, if you can flip the script on him and use it as a reason to thank God, use it as an occasion for a testimony, he will quickly stop reminding you about your past. So when the devil tells you, you worthless person, look at what you did. You say, huh, you don't, I'm very worthless, but guess what? Look at what the grace of God can do with a worthless person. When you do that two times, the enemy would never remind you of your past again. The reason why he brings it up over and over again is because it gets the effect he wants to get from you, which is get you to a place of condemnation, get you to a place of depression, and you're like, oh God, you know, it's true. I don't know if God is ever going to use me. No, forget that. If God could use Paul, God can definitely use you. When the enemy reminds you of your past, you have to flip the script on him. Can you say flip the script? Flip the script on him. I know I did that. But shame on you, devil, because God is merciful. And he's taken all that mess and he's made me this. And he's still with me. And he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. You do that two times, very quickly, the devil would help you forget your past. And someone did say that when the enemy reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future in the lake of fire. In case you're not aware. One of the unique benefits of being a Christian, though, is that Christianity is the only religion. It's not a religion, but permit me to use that word. That deals with your past, your present, and your future. Yeah, Jesus doesn't just come to deal with your present situation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creation. He says, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Those are the revelations that God gave Paul and that made him effective. Paul. Paul is the guy who says in Romans chapter 8 that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Paul. Paul is the guy who says in Romans 8 and 33 that who shall lay a charge against the Lord's elect? It is God that justifies. That's Paul. That's Paul. As everything he's done, Paul is the guy who would say, I'm innocent of every man's blood. Really though? You? Yeah, because if any man be in Christ, isn't it? God does not remember the sins of yesterday. The devil is the one who is the accuser of the brethren. You need to understand that. 
So don't let your past bury you. Don't let your past affect your future. If you have to see a counselor, see a counselor. But don't bury it. If you've done things you're not proud of, don't bury it. Many of us are captives of our own secrets. When you keep something a secret, it has held you captive. Because all your life, you're going to, I hope no one ever finds out what I did. The moment you let it out, the moment the Bible, that's why the Bible says, confess your sins one to another. The moment you let it out, you're free. You're free. But I'm trusting God today for you for the miracle of newness. Of newness. Of newness. The Lord said to me that I would give beauty for ashes. That the ashes of trauma, the ashes of abuse, the ashes of condemnation, ashes of tragedy. God says to you that I will give beauty for ashes. I have good news for you. If you don't let your past hurt your future, okay, you are the only one that has the ability to allow your past to hold you back. We are all products of our past, but you don't have to be held prisoner by your past. We're going to pray. But before we do that, I'll give you an opportunity. I said to you that if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. When we give our life to Jesus, what happens is that our spirit is recreated. But there are subsequent miracles that happen that bring about newness, that help our mind okay, to forget the things of the past or help us to see it in a different light. Help us to see it the way Paul saw it. Help us to see it through the lens of God's faithfulness, God's mercies, and God's grace. There, there, are, th there are those things that happen, but they don't happen just like that. You have to ask the Lord to bring about newness in those situations. So if you're here, bow your heads with me for two seconds, wherever you are. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.